Lord, thank you for the opportunity to discuss what prayer is, how prayer should be, the implications both in regards to you and our relationship with you and our lives as we look forward to eternity. Please be a part of this discussion. Guide us by your spirit. Impress upon our hearts the things you want us to see and understand and be challenged by, to be convicted by, to be changed too. Pray this, Lord, so that you would be honored. Oh, do you know if Sandra was... Okay. She didn't know if you sent the link or not. I didn't send it again. Uh, she, obviously, she won't have it live, but she can. Evan will upload this so she can listen to it. Okay. So, starting back again on page 40, or uh, where it says conf- the subtitle Confession. Anyone underline anything on page 40 that stuck out to them? Okay. Yeah, I think that's something that, I don't know if it's lacking, but you don't hear much um, in public, in public prayer. And I don't, I think it has a place. Um, Obviously, I don't know everyone's private prayers. But hopefully, confession is a regular part of prayer. I don't know that it's possible to not sin in some way in between our prayers. So, even if it were, we should probably still ask for forgiveness each time we pray that, that we have the opportunity, you know. There might be some circumstances where you don't have the, the opportunity to do the full prayer, as we, we've talked about before, but... Uh, Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and he obviously talked about that in this chapter. Yeah, the picture of sin is more closely related to the the pride that creeps up in our sin, in our prayers than just the outward act of living a life outside of God.
the way that you phrased it was because I think someone could potentially, if they put that quote in isolation, they'd be like, well, I have to get my act together and then come to God, right? Now, in context, I think it's clear that's not what he's saying, but... Yeah, maybe if he said, only those who are willing to deal with their sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'll, I'll have to get back tell, to him on that. Tell him, tell him to make that edit. <laughs> yeah, and you know, hopefully, as we're reading, if we if we take that sentence like anything out of context, we can. I agree, we can uh, take it too far. But I, I I appreciate the point because, again, I I think even even in public prayer, confession is appropriate, and. I like how Jim Berg said, uh, when we're confessing our sin, we have to consider a few things. Number one, we confess it to those who are directly impacted by the sin. So we don't go around telling everybody, hey, I did this thing, right? You, You confess it to those that are affected. But also, we don't get graphic with the sin because that in itself could lead to other people sinning. So... Discretion is advised, though it's always helpful. You know, I'm sure there's a uh, a book that's called "Confession is Good for the Soul" or something like that. Not the Catholic version. Uh, Norma. Well, in so, like we talked, I think a little bit last week, he hears. He's just not in the mood, you know, to put it from a human perspective. There isn't that relationship there. You know, I, um, I, I think we talked about this. We talk about a uh, father and then, um, or the, oh my goodness, I can't remember how he, how he phrased it. There, there's two aspects of relationship with God. There's, um, oh man, they both started with, I can't remember. Anyways. We've got the, the Lord aspect, the God of our, of, of our Lord, and then we've got the Father aspect. And so he hears us as God, but he doesn't recognize us as Father unless we are in fellowship with him. So obviously we know he hears, but he's, if we're unwilling to confess our sin, then you know, I'm having trouble for some reason explaining this, but I heard an example years ago, and it said, um, and actually, you know, it was Jim Berg that said this, so. He said, if my son didn't take out the garbage and didn't do his homework and comes to me and says, hey, can I borrow $20 and borrow the car? I'm going to say, excuse me? (laughs) You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing you're not in the right place for me to give you what you want. First, you need to take care of what you have done wrong. And so from a human perspective, I think we can relate to that. If there's something that God might have against us, we need to confess it before we start asking for something. That's the idea. All right, Jonathan, you have something else on 40? Huh? Okay. 
she's like, whoa, that can't be. <laughs> and I'm like, I think what he's trying to do is, is you know, make an analogy you know, to the fact that you have sin, you know, in your spirit and you're working it, <laughs> confessing it when you're going before God. And it's kind of a difficult concept. Well, and I, I think he was getting to the heart of sin, and that is that it's always lingering. It's always right there. Even when we're praying, it's ready to, to draw us away, to tempt us, to distract us, to uh, negate uh, the purpose of, of the prayer itself, whether it's through pride or, again, just distracting us. Were you say something, Paul? Unselfishness. Yes. Um, the rabbis asked God not to listen to the prayer of the traveler. And I say so easy journey and people hear me. Yes. <laughs> so there's a uh, some book I was reading on the subject of grief. But when we realize that thousands of people who are believers are praying to God for a variety of things, uh, only God has the wisdom to decide amongst all of those what's the right answer to all those requests, particularly when they're contradictory or particularly when they're against, like when our prayers Right, which is why I, I, I believe as we understand God more, we are able to come more reverently, more humbly with that understanding, right? To be able to pray with the understanding that, I think, I think two aspects. One, we accept what happens despite what we're asking. But two, we ask it in such a way, understanding preemptively that it might not be exactly what is best for all those people involved. So, you know, I think about the prayer in Gethsemane. You know, and to a certain extent, 
it has been a stumbling block to me to hear Jesus pray, Father, if it be your will, because I can't comprehend how he could just, I can't reconcile that. It, it, it's beyond my understanding. And yet, I think it's viable for us to, to pray that way. And again, maybe that's part of the, the, the purpose, is to give us that example. Uh, but I think it starts with humility, to understand that it's not just about us. And if we can come to prayer, like, one of the, the most impactful prayers for me was um, uh, Daniel and Ezra, uh, you know, they're seeking God and they're praying, forgive us. Forgive us for sinning against you, God. And they included themselves. While they're seeking after God, they're serving him, and everybody else is, are the ones that are going astray, rebelling, and worshiping idols. And yet they both at times said, forgive us. And that's, that's humbling. I don't know, you know, I'm not looking for a show of hands or anything, but when we pray, do we say, Lord, forgive us as a country? Forgive us? We might say forgive us as a church or a family, but how often do we say forgive us as a country? Forgive us as a state? Forgive us as a, as a creation for our sin and really place ourselves with the rest of humanity in some context, realizing that apart from God's grace, we are no better. So, anyways, I think that humility, which is the next one, obviously, is humility. Um, the more we understand that, the more the more prepared we are to pray and to uh, to wait on God. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think it's easy. At the same time, I, I think it's appropriate at to to wrestle with that. Well, well, let's consider that for a second. Do we look for an answer to confession outside of ourselves? I think confession, generally speaking, is um, the opportunity for us to be in that right relationship with him, whether we're asking for forgiveness for us or for more than just us. Again, in the context of our home, our church, or even a greater number of people, I think the primary purpose is for us to uh, approach the throne humbly. And it's, it's the realization that, you know, just like 
when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He wasn't saying in a salvific way, you know, save all these people. But it was there, there was a sense that he understood the greater context and didn't want this to be held against them. And I think similarly, even though he knew it would be held against many of them, and we know it will be held against many of them, it's, I think, the, the subjection to being lumped in with the rest of the creation Pastor. So, Exodus 32, maybe if we thought of it more in the context of interceding on behalf of people who are sinners. So maybe maybe it's an issue of the words that were used yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if yeah. interceding for God's mercy sure. as opposed to pleading God's forgiveness. And again, that's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> Let's get the semantics right, and uh, everybody will be happy. Yes. Well, and as he said in this chapter, and I'll get to you in a second, Norma, as he said in this chapter, when God taught them to pray, and they prayed as a nation, they, you know, at times, they did it right. They approached it right corporately as a nation, and they realized that they were a part of God's people, and that formed how they prayed. It wasn't strictly selfish prayer. It was you know, us. There was a big us, and it was all of God's people that was that us. And that's something that we don't find too often in, uh, I mean, today, anywhere. Yeah, Norma? There, there might have been, like, groups like, um, you know, like some of the you know, children that were the first colonists or whatever you want to call them, you know, some of them, Yeah, and I'm sure there were groups here and there that have. Norma? Thank you. 
Yeah, and that's hard. I mean, not, not to the point that we can't say the words, but to, to consider the people in the world. You know, there's probably a, a few that we would mostly all agree on that we would truly consider evil and to pray for God to change their heart and to save them. It's not easy to do, but it's commanded. And it's something that we should wrestle with and submit to. And like I always struggled when we pray, especially for politicians. Generally, I'm praying that first God would convict them of their sin and help them to see their rebellion against him. And, you know, that's a lot easier to pray than to say, you know, Lord, please save them. Because, you know, I think there might be a little Jonah in us. And, you know, either not thinking that, well, I guess Jonah probably realized that he would save them. <laughs> right. But, again, that's something that we should seek to do honestly, humbly, realizing that, I mean, think of the worst person you can think of and realize you are no better than them. Apart from God's grace, you 